Hey y'all, today I'm going to go over the process of a therapeutic writing lesson at the facility I volunteer at. Some places probably run their lessons differently, and that's completely okay. There really isn't a right or wrong way to run a lesson, as long as the recipient is still receiving the benefits they should and having fun in the process. Where I volunteer, there is a seating area in the front of the barn where the riders wait until we are ready to begin their lesson. The riders' horses are in the cross ties before we allow them to fully come into the barn. The sidewalker, who is the volunteer responsible for the rider, goes to get the rider to accompany them throughout the lesson. A good majority of our riders groom the horse, but some are unable to due to allergies or physical disadvantages. If the rider is unable to groom and they are able to do so, sometimes they will help by cleaning the stall of the horse he or she is riding. If the rider is grooming, the first thing he or she does is find the grooming bucket for their horse. Each of the horses have their own grooming bucket labeled with their name, that way they can each have their own set of brushes. By having the rider find the proper brush bucket, it helps teach the rider the alphabet since they are identifying the name of the horse. After our rider finds his or her brushes, he or she will bring them over to the horse. Then the horse is groomed by the rider and a volunteer. Grooming is a great time to bond with the horse as well as assess them for any injuries they may have. Grooming also builds up strength in the arms since you are repeatedly rushing your horse. The rider is also building up his or her fine and gross motor skills during grooming. When brushing, we encourage riders to do what is called crossing the midline. The midline refers to an imaginary line in the middle of your body. Crossing the midline would be reaching across to the opposite side of the body. For example, you could take your right hand and reach over to the left side of your body to brush another part of the horse, and this would be crossing the midline. Crossing the midline is especially helpful in children because it is an important part of development. We use this skill in everyday life far more often than you may think. There are four different brushes riders use to groom, as well as a hoof pick to help clean the hooves. There is a specific order we use the brushes in, as well as a specific way to brush. The order we groom in is the curry, the dandy, the body, hoof picking, and the mane and tail curry. The first brush, the curry, is a hard rubber brush which is used in large circular motions on the neck, body, stomach, and hindquarters. We do not use this brush on the legs or face as it is too hard and could be uncomfortable or hurt the horse if used in these areas. The purpose of this brush is to knock off any large dirt patches and loosen up the hair. This part of grooming is like a massage for the horse. This helps to relax them and allows the rider to be more in tune to the horse during the lesson. The next brush is the dandy brush. This brush has long, stiff bristles and is used in the same areas as the curry. To use this brush, you use short flip strokes by flicking your wrist. This brush is used to flick the dirt and hair off of the horse. Next, we move on to the body brush. This brush can be used everywhere, including the legs and face. Normally, we don't brush the face in order to give the horse what we call bubble space, which is basically a personal space bubble around the horse's head. The body brush is, however, always used on the legs. The bristles of this brush are shorter and softer than the dandy, which makes it really comfortable for the horse. 
This brush is used to get any dirt or hair that may have been missed by the dandy and to distribute the natural oils in a horse's coat. You use this brush in long flip strokes. This leaves their coat soft and shiny. In the summer when flies are bad, we fly spray after using the body brush. Fly spray is a fly preventative that helps to keep the flies from bothering the horse during the lesson. We then move on to hoof cleaning. A lot of our riders are younger or have trouble holding the weight of the hoof, so generally a volunteer will hold the horse's hoof while the rider picks it out. Hoof picks are metal L-shaped picks that are used to scoop whatever rocks or mud may be stuck inside the horse's hoof out. We start with the front foot on either side before moving to the back foot on the same side. Once the first side is done, you move on to the front foot of the other side and repeat the process. The final step is the mane and tail curry. This brush is a plastic brush used to brush through the mane and tail to get tangles out. When brushing the mane and tail, you want to start from the bottom and work your way up so you don't pull out as much hair. Once the horse is completely groomed, we move on to tacking up. Tacking up is the process of putting all necessary equipment on the horse. Most riders help with this as well, but some have a little trouble lifting the saddle since it can be pretty heavy, so usually we have them help carry one side and a volunteer carry the other, or they'll help push it up onto the horse. Most tack sets include an underpad, saddle pad, saddle, girth, and reins. Some horses may have additional pads, such as a PBM, TB pad, or fleece bump, which can aid in extra support and cushioning for the horse's back. Most of our riders ride English, but there are some who ride Western. I personally am not as familiar with Western tack, but the typical tack set consists of the same items, just in the Western style. When tacking up, the first thing on is the underpad. Underpads are usually white and used to keep the other pads and the saddle from getting as dirty. Next is the saddle pad. This creates a barrier between the horse's body and the saddle. Then you would put on any additional pads as instructed. After these pads are all positioned correctly, you put on the saddle. When putting on the saddle, you want to make sure the stirrups are what we call run up. This is where you push the iron up to the top of the strap and then tuck the strap underneath the iron. This holds the stirrup up towards the pommel and it keeps it out of the way so it doesn't hit the horse whenever you go to put it on. After you have the saddle on, you pull the pads up into the pommel of the saddle, which is like the little pocket in the front of the seat. So you wanna pull the pads up into that to keep it from putting pressure on the horse's withers. Then you attach the girth. The way you attach the girth is by attaching the side without elastic to the right side of the horse. Then you attach the elastic to the left side. Some girths may have elastic on both sides, so in this scenario, it doesn't matter which side of the girth goes where, but you still wanna start on the right side of the horse. The way we remember how to put the girth on is you put the elastic on the left last, so all the L's stay together. After the girth is put on snug but not tight, the reins go on next. The reins have scissor snap clasps on them, so this is a really good motor skill for our riders to use. I know some of the riders are challenged by applying enough pressure to fully open the clasp, and once they finally get it, it is so rewarding to them. 
So after the reins go on, their horse is completely tacked up and they are ready to wait for their turn to get on their horse. With a place that depends on its volunteers like this, there has to be a uniform way for things to be done. The horses end up with so many different people handling them and around them throughout the session or even in a day that it's easier on everyone as well as the horses to have one set way that things are run. This also helps the riders because things aren't changing every time they come in to ride. Without this uniformity, it can be stressful for all of those involved. Our lessons are an hour long and they usually groom intact for around 20 minutes so they have time to ride for about 40 minutes. After the horse is all tacked up, the riders mount the horse and we begin the lesson once all riders have gotten into the arena. Your instructor would tell you about the way that your rider would need to mount. For example, we have some riders who use wheelchairs or walkers normally that have to be mounted using a lift while some are able to get on from a standing position. During the lessons, we start with a warm-up, then move to skill reviews and sometimes new skills. After this, we move on to the main part of our lesson before finishing off with a cool-down. Sometimes, there will be a small obstacle course set up for riders to work on different skills for the main part of their lesson. Some of these obstacles may be ground poles, weaving cones, getting a ring off of a tree and putting it on another tree, or balancing a beanbag on top of their helmet while riding. Each of these tasks uses a different set of skills, so this allows for the riders to use different skills while still keeping the lesson fun. In early August, we have a horse show for the riders to participate in and show off their skills and everything that they have learned. During our summer session, lessons are usually practicing the skills that they will need for the horse show. A lot of our riders get really excited at the thought of being able to show off their skills in front of everyone, so this is a really good motivator for them to do well during their lessons. Volunteering is such a great experience and the rewards that come from it are unexplainable. Therapeutic riding is a place where people who like horses and other people and individuals with special needs can come together to have fun and grow. Every time I'm there, I always learn something new, whether it's a different technique to use with a horse, how a rider's school day went, or something new about myself. I also know that every rider I've worked with has had some type of impact on me, and each one has made me grow as a volunteer as well as a person. All the time and effort put into volunteering is more than reciprocated, and you always end up getting more than you give. In case you would like some more information about the things I went over, I've left a few links that could help you explore a little more. I hope you've enjoyed this episode about a typical therapeutic writing lesson where I volunteer. Thank you for listening, and I will see you next time.